Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name's David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Rob Longo, Tom Terrace, and Don Gleichman. Welcome, one and all. Good hey, David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. But, Rob, before we break open the bread of life, can you invite the Holy Spirit in to help us and see how the Lord wants to speak to us today? I would love to. In the name of the, the Father, Father Son, the Son, Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, you are awesome. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your patience. Again, thank you for your patience. You are such a loving God. Sorry for the times that we may have turned our back to you. We may have been inattentive or indifferent. Lord, we're sorry. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your, your mercy. Thank you for the gift of your word that you didn't want to leave us alone and abandoned. You left us with your, your roadmap home to you. And as we break open your word today that we'll, we'll hear on Sunday, please open our hearts. Help us to be completely, completely teachable, bendable, moldable, that we can be the husbands and fathers, sons and daughters, wives, sisters, mothers, friends that we're called to be. Mother Mary, please pray that we would grow closer to your son each day, that we would enthrone him as king of our hearts and our homes and renew that each and every day. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the, the Father, Father, Son, and the Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? I'd love to. Uh, this is again from Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. Jesus addressed this parable to those who were convinced of their own righteousness and despised everyone else. Two people went up to the temple area to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee took up his position and spoke this prayer to himself. O oh God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of humanity, greedy, dishonest, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I pay tithes on my whole income. But the tax collector stood off at a distance and would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast and prayed, O oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner." I tell you, the latter went home justified, not the former. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. That The last line you read, Tom, brings me back. You know, the, the line, um, for whoever exalts, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. It brings me back to a time when one of our daughters was in the hospital, and I was at a prestigious children's hospital, and you know we weren't getting any answers. It was the first couple months of, of her of her life, and just you know she was turning blue and having seizures, and it was just really really hard. We had a baptizer in the hospital. We had a whole shrine set up in her in her crib, and. There wasn't any doctor or nurse that mentioned anything about faith. I mean, we had holy cars and crucifixes and holy wood. I mean, like everything in there, but not one 
person would ever mention faith. And then this one woman came into our lives and she did. And uh, I remember going to mass, you know, my wife and I would alternate who was sleeping over and, and I went to mass that morning, came back and, and this verse was in the gospel. Hmm. And, uh, and without me saying that, we were just talking about our experience and, and some of the, you know, some of the professionals that were coming in and, you know, bedside manner was, you know, left, left a lot to be desired. And she said this exact verse. You know, there's a lot of people here who, who exalt themselves, and then uh, they're they're and one day they will be humbled, and uh, it's just so true because she was just as brilliant as they were, but she was so humble. She was so humble that that she eventually, praise be to God, when my daughter was discharged after a year under their care, um, she said there's no medical reason for her to be discharged. This is this is all wow. the work of God. That she didn't try to take credit for you know her you know her practicing of, of medicine. It was, it was all a work of God. And she was humble enough to, to, to give God the glory in this. Yeah. Wow. So what wow. you're sharing with us, Rob, is a real life today parable. God allowed you to experience. And I wrote down, what is a parable? I wrote down, it's a life story meant to teach us deep spiritual truths. And that's what occurred to that doctor who realized she didn't cure the child. God did. So I think we're, we're faced with these parables every day of our life. God allows these stories of our lives for our own edification to teach us a deep spiritual truth. And I, as I was reading the first sentence, Jesus addressed this parable to those who were convinced of their own righteousness. And the Lord reminded me of my story. And that was this. I had gone to confession the day before, and I was so excited because I was going to see my spiritual director in Scranton, Pennsylvania that day. And I was like, all right, on the way up, I don't have to go to confession when I get up there. I went yesterday. I'm good to go. I'm righteous. So I get up there, and I go into his, into his, uh, into his room, and he's already he leans back in his chair, and he says, so tell me, David, would you like to go to confession? Oh, sure, Monsignor. Yes, I'll go to confession. But here's the key. I said, Holy Spirit, help me to confess the sins that I do not see. Illuminate them in my heart and help me to see those sins and make a good confession. It was that humbling myself because it says it right here, who were convinced of their own righteousness. Self-deception leads to a total blindness of sin, including mortal sin. So for me... Inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us to see the sins that we've deceived ourselves, that we don't think gluttony, you know, judgmentalism, uh, pride, all these sins, we don't see them. But when we invite the Holy Spirit in with a heart that's open to hear, it's amazing. So I did that prayer, and then I started the confession. Oh, my goodness, I couldn't believe what came out of me. When I was done, Monsignor said, great confession, Dave. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I thought I was good to go. I thought I had no sin. I thought I was righteous. I was convinced of it. But you see, it's when we realize we are sinners, every one of us, that are listening to my voice today. And when we truly take the path of humility and say, Lord, I invite your Holy Spirit into my heart. Help me to see my sinfulness. Who have I not forgiven? Which includes forgive yourself. You know, who have I retained anger or hatred towards? You know, who have I hurt or wounded? 
where have I had that sin of omission? And oh my goodness, here's the one that always gets me. Where have I had the sin of self-sufficiency? That I can do it. Where I fail to give God the credit. Because you see, ladies and gentlemen, I do nothing. I do no good works. It is God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who does everything in me, with me, through me. When I reached that point in my life and my heart was converted into this new heart of thanksgiving, every day of my life I'm free. And I say, thank you, Lord, for choosing to use me to bless this person, to love this person, to forgive this person, to pray for this person. All God needs from us is our yes. Mother Mary points that out to us so beautifully. When in the invitation of the angel, she says, I am the servant, the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done to me according to thy word. That's it. Give God the permission to use us every day to bless others, to use us as instruments in the salvation of souls. And if you are convinced that you are righteous, you are blind. You are blind. Ask the Holy Spirit to shine his light in on our blindness so that we too can go and make a good confession and be set free. And Davey, you mentioned the Blessed Mother, and that's what I was thinking of, and I wrote some things down here as you were as you were talking. Um, of course, as Catholics, we believe that she was conceived without original sin, and yet she says in her Magnificat when she visits Elizabeth, you know, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. And you could see the great humility that yes. she had as she's chosen to be the vessel to bring mm. God into the world, and yet she has this great humility. And then Elizabeth replies back, all generations, you know, will call you blessed. And so I think uh, the Blessed Mother just is such a great example of the kind of humility that we can strive for, because she was a creature just like us, and yet you know, put into such a position to bring God into the world, but at the same time had this vast humility. And think about that. Without the grace of God, that was impossible. Can yeah. you imagine And if it was me and I was the one chosen of all the created creatures to have in my womb, if I were a woman, the Christ? I'm sorry. I think I'd be walking around going, yo, do you know who I have in here? Yo, do you know what I did? But you never see that in Scripture. You never hear it. What does Mary do? She gives us this another great example. She ponders all these Mm -hmm. things in her heart. To ponder is to take in from the world and then take it to God in your heart and let God transform it so that we can always respond with love. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. One of my favorite favorite sacraments is confession. Uh, Since I became Catholic, I have really very much enjoyed when I can get into my heart and ask the Lord what I've been doing that has not been as it should, and I confess my sins. The priest, in persona Christi, I know that he is speaking back to me. He's replying to me as Jesus would, through a man, yes, but it's Christ who's responding. And luckily, I've had some very good confessors over the year, years. And, and about a week and a half ago, I went to confession, and I was having some difficulty because there was nothing really big on my horizon that I had to confess, but 
the same old thing that's always there. And that, that same old thing that's always there every week is criticism of, the, of others. Uh, so, so very much like this, this uh, Pharisee, being critical. And so what I did was, bef- while I was in line, instead of just standing in line, I decided to kneel down and, and ask the Lord to help me. And it was rather interesting because when I got up and to get in the line, the Lord spoke to me directly. He said, you're critical, huh? You're trying to get everyone to see things your way. They see your perspective because you think your perspective is right. Please think about the body of Christ and realize you are just one part of the body of Christ. And he said, may I remind you a very humble part of the body of Christ. And I won't tell you what thoughts came to my mind as far as what he might be speaking about. But I realized as he spoke to me, he said, no one does want to see things just from that point of view. And not too many people can. If instead you say, it has to be the body of Christ that does my will, not just one part at a time, you'll begin to do such things in humility as fast and concentrate on developing humility. And I really, I went to the priest and I said to him, "Uh, Father, it's been a week and a half since my last confession and I I want to confess. And he said, what do you want to confess? And I said, Actually, the Lord just took care of the whole thing before I came in. But I repeated to him what happened, and he said, that's just the right answer. He said, you're just a part of the body of Christ, and you're not the part, not the body of Christ. And and a key thing is, because this really, this scripture verse here really sings it out. He says, I, this is Jesus speaking at the end, I tell you, the latter, the one with humility, mm-hmm. went home justified, not the former, well, the former fasted. The former went into, into, into church. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and the one that humbles himself will be exalted. The key to this for me is when we go to the Lord and we confess our sins, either daily through, our, through that open channel, through Jesus Christ, or through the grace of God, through the gift the Catholic Church has been given to the priests who are in persona Christi, who represent Christ here on earth to us, we have to confess our sins to one another. Well, God, thank the Lord we're able to confess our sins to this priest who is the intermediary that God uses to bestow his grace. But you know what? If we go into that confessional without a contrite heart, without a desire to not commit those sins again, but we think we're just going in there to punch a card, to get cleaned up so we can go out and sin again, we're mocking the gift that Jesus gave us, the gift of his life. Because that's not a truth. And I'll tell you, I went to confession. I confessed my sins, you know, and the priest picked up on something. He knew I had confessed this sin multiple times, but this time it was just sort of nonchalant to me. And he said, David, stop what you're doing. He said, you're, you're taking for granted the gift the Lord gave you to set your, for you free. He gave you his life. He didn't give you a get-out-of-jail-free card that you can just go out and do whatever you want, whenever you want. If you don't come into the confessional with a true contrite heart of sorrowness, realizing how much you hurt God through your choice to sin, and then ask for the grace to not commit that sin again, that's the desire of the heart to not sin again, David, no matter what I say, your sins are not forgiven. You're holding on because you have no desire to stop. You just think you're going to get cleaned up and go back out. 
That's not what it's about. Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price for you. And you know what? Thank you, Lord. Through the grace of God, from that confession on, I was able to break free of that sin. But it wasn't until that priest in the confessional challenged me to not take for granted the gift of the Lord that I was able to be set free. It reminds me of what it says here. The Pharisee took up his position. So yeah. he already had an agenda, you know, going in. And that's kind of like what David was just describing anyway. I was thinking the other day about a In fact, I was listening to a psychiatrist talk about something that was very interesting. But I realized that psychiatrists are very much like the priest in Persona Christi when they're in the confessional. Both of them hear the guilt that's on a person's heart that's weighing them down that's that 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 needs to be relieved and people confess to both of them the difference is at the end from the psychiatrist you get a bill and a scheduled appointment for your next visit from the priest you get forgiven that's the one thing the the psychiatrist can't do you can't forgive but we can come we can leave fresh new like a baby yeah, and the key, Don, is always remember it's a grave sin to not forgive yourself. Too many of us leave the confessional and we beat ourselves up. How could I this? How could I that? Stop it. When we leave that confessional, we had a contrite heart, a desire to not commit that sin again, ask for the grace, for the mercy, and the forgiveness, we are forgiven. But if we choose to hold on to the sin of unforgiveness of ourselves, we're still in prison. I had a, just a... Real treat this past week. I was visiting a dear friend of the family. He's been in the hospital. He was in the hospital for probably almost five months. Came home. He's in his mid-70s and uh, was on the edge for a lot of the, the time in the hospital. But he's now at home doing okay and spirits are high and, uh, and things are looking good. And one of his best friends is the former uh, GM for the Philadelphia Eagles back when the Eagles went to the World Series with Ron Jaworski. His name is Jimmy Murray. And when I look at a guy who is humble, I, I think of him. And he was, you know, at the top of, of his profession. He went all over the world, and, and but he's just so incredibly humble. He's so incredibly humble. And he shared the story of how uh, he was, you know, how God used him to help start the Ronald McDonald House. And it started in Philadelphia. And uh, he went to uh, this, this, this doctor, you know, long story short, but went to a, a doctor who was Hand, uh, working with with kids with cancer, and he said, "Hi, I'm, I'm Jimmy Murray from the Philadelphia Eagles." And he's like, "What are what are they?" <laughs> he's like, a, "A football team." He's like, "I don't know anything about football." He's like, "Well, you know, they're on TV every week. I don't have a TV." He's like, "I right, strike two. I have some money to give. Okay, we, we can talk." So Leonard <laughs> Toes sent him, and uh, and he found out what the need was. And they needed some, you know, different things there in the hospital. And then he brought Leonard Toes in later and he told this doctor, be very specific. You know, he doesn't pay attention. You know, he doesn't have a long attention span. Be very specific. And she was. And, you know, she asked for this and $50,000. And he said, no, let's do the whole room. Let's do the whole floor, a million dollars. So, like, he started this whole thing with the treatment center. But then they said that what's really needed is a place for these families to stay. And he ended up calling a friend who worked for McDonald's. And uh, it was right around the time of the shamrock shake. And, uh, and they were going to give, you know, a little bit of each shamrock shake to help start this first, open this first house. And, and the guy said, well, you know, if we give you all of it, can we call it the Ronald McDonald house? And he's like, hey, you can call it the hamburger house if you want. You know, yeah. So that's how, that's how it started. So McDonald's gave him a, you know, a, a nice shot in the arm. They started the first one in Philadelphia. And now 42 years later, there are 370 Ronald McDonald houses mm. in 70 countries around the world. 
right? And here's this guy who is so humble. I'm in the living room, just, you know, sat, sitting and chatting with him about, about this. And he's visiting his friend who he, his, my friend's wife, said that almost every day in the hospital he visited his friend. And Jimmy doesn't drive. He has, he has really bad vertigo. So he would get a ride, figure out wow. how to get there every day. So talk about humility, right? That that you know, he just puts his schedule aside and and looks after a friend, and he's just telling stories about, you know, about you know, just so you know, humbly telling the story about the Ronald McDonald House. And here, wow. you know, he's yeah, it's it, it's a gift when you're when you're around someone like that. It's um, it's it's a real gift and and a joy to see the beautiful uh, humility that they that they um, that they live. Yeah. And you know what, Rob, we don't know the plans God has for us, but we know that he's created these good works for us to do. He knows he, we know that he's created us to be world changers. And what does it take? It takes our yes. Number one, it also takes our open heart to realize God created us as his father for his delight. Stop everything else. That's the most important thing you can hear today. God created you out of love for love for his Delight. He delights in us as sons, as daughters. Now, what else? He also wants to bring his son, his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, into the world, in and through you, through your yes. St. Paul says it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. That's our calling to be world changers, to plant the seeds of the truth, the seeds of faith. And you know what? Those moments that cause a ripple effect, that cause that from one house to now worldwide 380-some, it can be you. It can be you. There's another piece of the scripture here that I read that really touched me. It says that the Pharisees took up his position and spoke, spoke this prayer to himself. It doesn't say to God. In other words, he had already judged his soul knew he was righteous, and then was going to tell God how bad everybody else was and how great he was. And you know what? That prayer was to himself, not God. That's that sin of self-sufficiency. Whereas when you go with humility, you ask God to help you to see, to hear, to be transformed, to change, it's amazing how God then can use you to be world changers. And speaking of world changers, Dave, we have an opportunity on November 12th here in the Harrisburg Diocese to come together, to lock arms, to, uh, to engage in, in the scourge of our time, to, escape, to engage in the battle against uh, pornography, especially internet pornography. And at St. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Ann Seton in Mechanicsburg, we're going to hold an event on November 12th where we will have um, the, the leaders that are, that are really leading the, the charge in this battle. We'll have uh, Father Sean Kilcauley from the Lincoln Diocese, who's also the theological advisor for Integrity Restored. Uh, integrity Restored is a ministry of stewardship to help restore the integrity of those affected by pornography. So Father Sean is coming in from the theological side. We have Dr. Kloponis, who's one of the, the, uh, the leaders in the nation to help people break free from pornography. So he's from the, the medical, the, the, you know, the psychological side. Then we have Matt Frad who speaks to 50 to 70,000 teenagers a year. So he will uh, talk to us to, uh, to equip, especially the parents and grandparents, how to protect our kids in this internet generation. And then we have the CEO and founder of Covenant Eyes, Ron DeHaz, who's going to talk about the Barna study that he, along with, um, along with another ministry, uh, commissioned the largest study ever 
on pornography. So he's going to share the results of that. And then there's going to be a Q&A where all these leaders are going to be there to answer your questions, to answer your questions. And then there's a, um, a, a therapy, a, a counseling ministry called uh, Seventh, what is it, Don? Seventh Day Seven Ministries, the one that's located at St. Elizabeth Anstey? I think it's Seventh Day or Day Seven. Okay. It's one of two. Yeah, so the, the leader of that will be there and there'll be a panel discussion on where do we go from here because everyone that is listening Mm-hmm. has someone in their life that has been or is currently affected by pornography. What are we going to do about it? Well, we, it's not hopeless at all. If we, if we equip ourselves, if we allow ourselves to learn, to find out the strategies, to, to, to better um, handle these conversations with our kids and our grandkids, then we'll be taking the action necessary to stopping this evil that's, uh, that's in our midst. So again, November 12th, uh, 830 registration. And uh, it's, it's a day that you do not want to miss. So teachers, coaches, catechists, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, friends, everyone, pastors, please join us November 12th at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. And that's 830 in the morning, and it's an all-day event? Yes. And I'm telling you, from this, this the, the, the all-star panel that we have coming, these men have been all over the country. They just got done a priest intensive a week ago. They have been invited all over the country by both the Catholic world and the non-Catholic world, the Christian world. Father Sean was actually down at a group with 700 evangelical pastors, and they embraced him, welcomed him, and said, help us. Be set free and to set others free. Powerful, powerful. So again, it's Rob. This yeah, it's uh, November twelfth, eight uh, thirty registration, and it goes until four. Uh, lunch is included, and you'll have uh, here again your your chance to whatever that burning question on your heart. And they can register online. What's the address, Rob? Uh, if you go onto the uh, Integrity Restored website, it's uh, www.integrityrestored.com forward slash parish event, I believe, right? But if you go into Integrity Restored, it'll it'll lead you there. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me today. The Lord Jesus Christ paid the price, not only for your salvation, but for your freedom so that you can have life and have it abundantly here and now. If you're caught up in this horrific addiction, which is meant to destroy the family, destroy and take out the husbands, then destroy the marriage, then destroy the children, it is time to Humble yourself, come to this event, and hear what you need to hear. See the tools that are provided to be set free so that you can be who God created you to be in his image and likeness, world changers, vessels of his pure love in the world. And then through your parable experience, your story, your testimony, you too can help the captives be set free as Jesus Christ uses you to change this world. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. 
Stewardship a Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.